Yes, people. Oh my gosh. What a weekend. Yes, yes. Oh my days. If you're Kamara Usman, you're all the way up. Yo, we started on Friday, went into Saturday, and then Sunday. Yo, we had five title fights this weekend All fire Trust me, all fire Started LFA 105 UFC 261 And then Submission Underground 22 People, we watched them all And we're going to break them down now So people, let's go Okay, so Friday night, people. Oh, we got LFA. Their second of three events happening over, um, you know, Friday nights. So it's LFA 105. It's a great lead in to the UFC on Saturday. And people, we have a title on the line. So, uh, you know, the strawweight champion. She signed to the UFC. She fought last week, right? Loopy Good Gooderdev, Gooderdev. I think something like that, right? Uh, so that means LFA don't have a champ. So the main event is for that vacant championship, right? But before we get to that, there was um. Gosh, how many? There was f- five other fights. Five other fights. Now, out of the six fights happening, we had three finishes. Three finishes, three decisions. Which, you know, not too bad. Not too bad, right? So, let's start off with the first fight on the night, which was a decision win for Zach Pog. Um, and he fought Logan Nail, and I've got to say, Nail, Nail was good, but Nail definitely it, it kind of felt yes, someone that hadn't fought for two years. Like he last fought in April twenty nineteen, uh, and um, he did, you know, look a little bit rusty out there. He, you know, he was p- trying to put things together. And he was definitely staying in the fight, right? Definitely staying in the fight. So, mad props to Logan. Uh, And especially in that third round, because he was stuffing Pog's, like, takedowns and all of that. But I I think it, it got to a point where you saw Nail... He just seemed a little frustrated. He seemed a little frustrated in his ability 
to do the things he wanted to do. You know, he definitely was slowing down a little bit, but I I feel it was more um, the lack of variety in attacks. I think that was the big thing. If he was to have been able to mix things up, I think it could have been a different fight because I, I think Logan had power, right? Had power. And you could see that, yeah, when he was, you know, landing, he was landing well. You know, now Pog did a good job of getting in and getting some takedowns. You know, he got a, a flash take knockdown in that first round, which was big. But it was just, he, he was able to put a lot of pressure on Nail. Right, was able to put a lot of pressure on Nail and get the takedown. You know, the second round was all about that takedown and the control. So I think Pog did everything he needed to do, which is very good. And, uh, you know, a fighter so fresh in their career, right, getting that sort of decision win, that's invaluable. That's invaluable. So, definitely a good look for him. Uh, we'll see what, you know, we'll see who he goes up against next, right? So, then we had Mark Martin against um, Ronaldo Valente, right? So, that was a welterweight clash. I wouldn't say this was the most active of fights. Right, they both did what they had to do, and they were both throwing shots and stuff, you know, and keeping it at range mostly. So, Martin attempted some takedowns. Volante was able to, um, yes, stuff those, which was good work from Volante. But I, I, I think the big thing was neither really put themselves in dangerous situations, you know, or committed to attacks, that was the big thing with this fight, now Martin, he gets a nod because he was pushing forward, he was the one trying to push that pace, you know, so I think that's it, now, Volante, he missed weight, so maybe he wasn't pushing things, because he, he didn't want to gas, but don't miss weight, you know what I mean, but yeah, I, I think that was a thing, like, no one put a stamp on it, so although you figured Martin had won the fight, if it had gone to Volante, it's not stealing, right, it's not one of those, oh my god, that was so crazy, but I, I, I hopefully, you know, I think hopefully going forward, both will look at this fight and go, yeah, we need to do more, right? We, we need more output. We need more variety. We can't just, ugh, we can't just turn up and do that and expect to get a win because, yeah, it, it, it wasn't the best wasn't the best, now, 
a crazy thing. So the next fight, right, which was another light heavyweight clash, we had Christian Torres against Bruce Soto. And what was crazy about this was Soto, I think he usually fights at, I think he usually fights at welterweight. So he went up two weight classes. Two weight classes to get a fight. That's insane. That's insane. But, hey, that's commitment, right? That's, I really want a fight. I really want to push my career. So, hey, you've got to, you know what I mean, give props to someone that's going to put themselves out like that. And Soto... For a welterweight, right, and you he was definitely the smaller dude in there. He pushed that pace and was able to get a lot of control. Right? Was able to get a lot of control. Came out, you know, front kick, you know, they exchanged leg kicks. Soto was just you know pushing and gets the takedown. Right, gets the takedown. Now Torres was able to get back up, but you know, Soto gets him down again, right? Looking for the rear naked. It was an impressive first round, and you're thinking, okay, how much more of this can Soto do? Right? Well, kind of did the same in the second round. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the same in the second round, and there was a Point so he's hunting for the rear naked now. Torres was able to spin, was able to spin and get his own top position. So you then had Torres looking for a guillotine, getting off a few shots at the very end of the round. Soto was able to um, get another reversal. So, second round was a little bit like, hmm, wonder what's happening with that one. But still, the fact that, yo know, Torres was able to get out of having, um, so, so he was out, able to get out of having Torres on top of him. That was impressive. But Torres, you know, he, he did stuff. He tried to change things up. So you might go, all right, Torres gets that round. So we're in the third round. What's gonna happen here? And uh, yeah, Soto he comes out, hits a good right. You know, it's all about getting the clinch. And it was weird because Soto was able to control the clinch. And you're like, how is this smaller dude controlling the clinch? What's happening here? But that's what he did, you know? So yeah, controlled it on the fence, gets a takedown, gets the back. Looking for the rear naked, right? Now, Torres, you know, he was fighting it, fighting it, he escapes, right? But Soto was able to just re engage with that clinch, re engage with the clinch. Um, Torres gets off a couple of knees, but yeah, Soto gets him down again, right? Gets him down, takes the back. So impressed with, um, you know, Bruce Soto in this fight. So, I think he, he was saying, 
eight. <laughs> he's not staying at light heavy, which, you know, definitely a good thing, because he was a smaller dude, as I said, but very impressive fight, very impressive win, you know, very impressive win for Bruce Soto, and um, yeah, that was the last of the decisions, but as I said, look, was a good decision. That was a very good decision from Bruce Soto. So the first stoppage of the night comes in the second fight on the main card. It was a strawweight clash between Shauna Ormsby and Tabitha Ritchie. And um, yes, so I mean this fight, right? So. Richie is definitely a talent, right? Definitely a talent, and I, I, I kind of feel a few more fights, get some more experience under the belt, and yeah, we could be seeing something special here. Now, Shauna Ormsby, Shauna Ormsby has a ton of heart, a ton of heart. She was in, you know, she was in the fight. Right, she came to um, she came to throw down, and even at the end, you know, she didn't just give up. Didn't give up. There was plenty of opportunity for her to just, you know, roll over and be like, "There you go." But not at one point did she do that. So mad props to. Uh, you know, Ormsby for that, but yeah, Richie came out, you know, she got Ormsby on the fence, hitting elbows, gets a takedown, and Ormsby, you know, she attempted an arm bar, which is just like, okay, let's see what happens here, but Richie, you know, she's hitting the hammer fist, elbows, goes for an arm bar herself, and um, yeah, I have to say, right, it, it looked, <laughs> it, it looked like it was gonna be a thing, but, yo, Ormsby showed crazy dexterity in those, um, shoulder muscles, because she got herself out of a tight-ass situation, so, um, yeah, a lot of props for that, a lot of props for that. So, um, yeah, get her out the first round, but come the second round, I, th I think Ormsby, she was tired, I think she took the fight on short notice, right, so, um, yeah, you, you know, you could tell she was tired coming into that second round, and it just allowed, allowed Richie to connect at will, right, but Ormsby kept her honest, Yo, was throwing when Richie came in, but yeah, Richie, she just got her on the cage, yo, got her on the cage, did her thing, got her down, and then it was just ground and pound, ground and pound to the point that, um, you know, the ref had to step in and stop the fight, but yeah, props to Ormsby. Definitely that because I mean, she just showed a lot of heart, a lot of heart. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what she can do on a full camp, you know. 
So then we go to the the co-main event, right? Co-main event. We got Jack Childers against Kanan Kawaii, right? Who we last saw in the Contender Series, who had a very good first round against Chase Hooper. You know what I mean? It, it, you, you'd think he was winning the fight, and then it went to the ground and got kind of crazy, and, you know, it is what it is. But we haven't seen him since, right? So it was just, it's been a while. How is he going to look, right? Because Childers, he's fought recently. He fought last year, right? So how was Kawaii going to be in his, um, you know, Next fight, well, I mean, he did have one more fight after the Contender Series, he went and won over in um, Bellator against uh, Timothy Trevs, who we saw last week, last Friday, and gave a very good performance, he just, ah, at the last second he lost, which was, you know, oh, he felt bad for him, but, yes, how was Kawaii going to do in this fight, right? Hey, <laughs> he's going to do fucking well. That's what he's going to do. You know what I mean? Man, shoulders came out, right? Um, But, yo, know, Kawaii, he, he didn't give him a moment, right? Hit a jab, leg kick. He was looking smooth. Good movement. Hit another left. Which I think gave Childers the thought of like, actually, I do not want to stand, right? So he shoots, and Kawaii, he he grabs the neck, right? Grabs the neck. Now, Alan Joban was saying it's a, a ninja choke, I believe. I I don't know a ninja choke. I I'm not versed in that myself. You know what I mean? But, um, hey, whatever it was, it was tight. <laughs> it was tight because Childers, he had to tap. You know what I mean? There was no playing. He had to tap. So that was a super, super fast win. Didn't get to a minute. I don't even know if it got halfway through the goddamn round. But that was a great win for Kawaii and promotional debut. Oh, and what a co-main event, right? The main had a lot to live up to after that. And, oh, the main lived up. The main lived up. So, we had a strawweight clash between um, Salvana Gutz and Piera Rodriguez. So this was for the vacant title Vacant title Man, all on the line And these young ladies Whoa They definitely show and proved Right? They fought like they wanted a title You know what I mean? That, that was a thing Sometimes you get good fights, right? You get good fights, or you get one-sided clashes. Sometimes it seems that one person didn't train as hard, but with this one, both of these ladies, they wanted it. There was no doubting about that. 
And it was an interesting one, right? Because go, they both got knockouts, but you definitely thought, oh, I think Rodriguez has the punching power here, right? But they weren't rushing. There's, there was no sloppiness in the approach. They were both looking for openings. They were both pushing the advantage when it was there. You know, utilizing their weapons. Utilizing their weapons. We get some good leg kicks, body kicks. The action was packed round after round. Right? It, it was so even. So even all the way through. I don't know, even. I mean, Gutskis might have had the slight advantage, but I don't know. It was uh, honestly, it was a, a, it was a straight up tricky one, because there was no point where I don't believe anyone was rocked, like rocked super hard. Or put down or anything like that, right? They they were just both, yeah, both up and down. It was like a seesaw in there. It was a seesaw, and it just in that fifth round. That fifth round was insane. But as good as you know, she got a takedown, right? Rodriguez scrambled up, and then good as she pulls guard, right? She. She pulls guard, but I think the problem was Rodriguez kind of came down, and the way she came down, she got mount, right? And Gutskis didn't want to get her into mount. She wanted to, I don't know, probably attack with, you know, an armbar triangle, something like that. But, yo, now Rodriguez is on top of her. And I don't know, Rodriguez did look the bigger lady up in there. So she's on top and she's, you know, dropping, dropping elbows and shots. I did kind of feel that the ref could have let it go on for a bit longer. Because, you know, the position she was in, the only way to escape is take shots, right? There's no way out. Without getting hit So yeah I, I would have thought the ref would have let us, Because it's a title fight And it's virtually at the end So you know what I mean Would have thought he'd let it go a little bit But it was called And um, Pierre Rodriguez is the new LFA Strawweight champion So hats off to her I would imagine that these two will meet again, right? I do not think this is the last time we see these two fight. And, hey, I'm down for it because this, oh, this was a barn burner if, um, yeah, if you've ever seen one. So, people, if you've got a spare barn, let's put these girls in there again because, yo, there's a lot of fun and um you know especially when you think we've got the uh, you know the straw weights fighting for the belt tomorrow right Zhang Wei Li and Rose Namanunes so they're going for the belt and hey we we had two straw weight fights on tonight all of which could one day be in the UFC 
one day being the UFC fighting for that same belt. So it was an interesting night in LFA. We had a lot of good fights. And, um, you know, leads us nicely into UFC 261 tomorrow. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, until next Friday, people. Okay, people, so Saturday, we had the big rematch, right? The big rematch that was getting talked about because the first time was on short notice. So, with a full camp, would it be different? That was the question. Three titles on the line, one of which, the latest strawweight championship, right? So, um, Wiley Zhang, you know me, she's from uh, China, so she brought along her crew. The uh, yeah, the card was um, was stacked with some Chinese talent, all coming out of you know the the PI over there, all highly talented, and um, it was an interesting night. It was an interesting night, but. On the card, 13 fights, people. 13 fights. Just four decisions. Just four decisions. And out of those decisions, oh, man, we had fights. (laughs) People, they weren't just sitting there waiting. No sitting on the top of no bays, people. Everyone was going at it. This was fun. Fun, fun, fun. We had, uh, is it? I believe two submissions, right? Two submissions, seven TKOs. Technically, just five, right? Because you know, two were kind of mm, something else. But yeah, it was just action, action. Crazy thing was. Right, because the crowds were back, people. The crowds were back, and um, hey, not everyone came straight away, right? Even though it sounded like the arena was packed from the giddy up, not everyone was in there from the first fight, and yo, it got popping from the first fight, and it didn't stop, didn't stop. And what a way to end it. What a way to end it. You'd think. You'd think. One great title fight would be cool. One would be cool. We had three. We had three incredible title fights. Well, we were spoiled. UFC 261 is a... It's like Ferrero Rocher. You're spoiling us. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the youngsters probably don't even remember those adverts, people But anyway, we should get into this, people But where to start? Where to start? Because, boy, there's so much, right? So much Hmm, let's think So the first decision of the night was our second fight And it was... Oh my gosh, <laughs> these two are left nothing. When people say 
you know what I mean? It's not about leaving anything in the ring, right? These two definitely didn't do that. So we had a flyweight fight between um, two debuting fighters, right? We had Aori Orlang from, uh, you know, from China, from the PI. He went up against Jeff Molina. Now, Orlang had... um, Man, he, he's got considerably more fights than Molina. But, um, you know, Molina, he was coming from the most recent, uh, you know, season of um, the Contender Series. Uh, you know, the Mongolian murderer. Oh, he was, he's no slouch. No slouch. Like, all of the Chinese athletes debuting. You know, unbeaten streak. He, you know, he he hasn't tasted defeat since 2018. You know, so this fight there was a lot of promise, and um, Orlang came out like he came out looking to stalk Molina. He really looked to put it on him. You know, he was um, yes, sniping using the jab well. Now Molina. He's, um, you know, utilising the front kick. Oh, man. He was, um, you know, he got taken down, but he, he couldn't be held. He was up straight away, always moving, right? Always moving, countering well. They, they were really putting it out there. You know, as the fight went on, Yo, the knees started to come into it. You know, Alang landed a couple against the fence, and Molina, oh, he reciprocated. You know, it just got to that point where, um, you know, you'd give one, the other person would give one back. You know, it it was frenetic, and it just didn't stop. So, I think the. Or Lang probably got the first round, right? So we go to the second, and um, pace continued. You know, straight away they're uh, they're doing their thing. Or Lang, you know, he's pushing forward. Molina, he's uh, starts attacking the body really well, but his body kick was oh, oh, oh it was fire, it was fire, people. Or Lang, you know what I mean? He he was um, hitting his own. His right hand was uh, working very well. It was another close round, but you think that Molina took it with um, a huge right at the end that put Alang down. So going into the third, and it's probably one apiece. It's probably one apiece. So. Who's going to take it? Who's going to have the edge? So, uh, Alang, again, he's, he's pressing forward. He's coming out, right? Coming out, looking to land a big shot. But Molina, man, Molina is working, right? Working really hard. Alang gets a takedown, but Molina is up. Hits an uppercut, a right. Man, he's just raising the tempo. He's, he starts to raise that tempo and unload. Unload, really. 
really just putting it on a ling. You know, just shot after shot. And you're wondering, oh, is this going to get stopped? Like, what is happening here? And then I think maybe in the last 10 seconds, Orlang comes back. Rocks Molina. Yo, <laughs> he's just throwing. And then Molina comes back. Just to the buzzer, these two are slinging. Slinging shots. You know, it, was, it was just one of those fights, people. It really was. And so... God damn fun. So goddamn fun. You know, so uh Melina gets the nod. And um yeah, you know, I would say that was fair. You know? I would definitely say that was fair. It was um it was a great fight. But I don't think it hurt or lang. You know, you're not gonna be like, ugh, that's bad. You know, because he put on a hell of a fight. He really did. So, you know, yes, he you know, he, he, he faces an L. But it is his you know, his debut. A lot of people lose a debut and then it's the the horse races from there. So uh, yeah, you know. I um I would say that you know, it, it, he still has a promising look ahead. It was interesting, right? Because Two judges gave it 29-28 Molina. One judge gave it 29-27, which, that one was a little confusing. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, what are you doing here? But, hey, it was a great, great fight. You know what I mean? So, um, yes. So, from there, people... Uh, we go to um, the next fight. The next fight, which featured a, another another of our Chinese debutants. We had Rang Zhu against uh, Rodrigo Vargas. So we then go to the lightweight division. It's actually the next fight. So we've got... Rodrigo Vargas, who's um yeah coming back after a bit of a, a bit of a layoff, um and he's going against uh Rong Zhu, who is the last of the Chinese fighters. Well, when I say last of the Chinese, I mean um you know other than Wei Li Zhang, right? But I think. You know, it, he's the last of the, you know, our debutants from the Chinese Institute. And I think that may have hurt him a little bit. Right? He, he's the youngest, right? 20 years old. And I think he'd seen what his compatriots had done. And he realized maybe that, yo, you don't want to come out too fast. Right, you don't want to come out too fast and too hot. And what we saw from him was very, very measured. Right, he he was thinking about everything he was doing in there. You know, very precise with his shots, and was working very well. It's working very well, but 
I think Vargas, after coming off two losses, you know, two fights in the UFC, two losses. So he, you know, I think he feels that he can't afford to lose one more, right? He's hungry for a win. And he really was showing that. You know, he, he was working, he was throwing a lot of good body kicks, right? Good body kicks, threw a nice head kick, attacking the calf. You know, he, he was doing everything he could, which was the big separator in this fight because although Zoo was looking very slick, very good, good movement, he wasn't throwing much. You know, wasn't throwing enough And I I don't know if it was nerves If he's, you know, trying not to gas himself out But he could have been a bit busier Especially, I'd say, in the, you know, the first round In the second round, he, he, he was doing a little bit more you know, doing a little bit more, he, he was able to uh, get a takedown, but Vargas grabbed the guillotine, grabbed the guillotine, that, you know, it seemed tight, seemed tight, but he had um, Zoo in it for a while, couldn't get the choke, couldn't get the choke, so you do kind of wonder about that, right, now, it's, uh, yeah, it was an interesting round because, you know, how do you then score that, right? But we go to the third. Go to the third. And now Zoo is throwing a lot more. Zoo is definitely doing more in the third, landing solid shots. Gets a flash knockdown. You know, gets a flash knockdown. Gets a takedown at the end of the round, landing ground and pound. So. He was, do, you know, I mean, he, he definitely realized his predicament and had stepped it up. But Vargas, out of all of that, you know, Vargas was still throwing. Vargas was still, you know, trying to win the fight. So uh, it ends up with Vargas getting the nod. And I don't know, depends how you look at it, right? Depends how you look at it. I mean, all the the judges, I'd say it was a very close fight. And you could definitely say 29-28 Vargas, which two of the judges did. Now, one judge gave it 30-26, which that seemed a little crazy. I ain't going to lie. That seemed a bit of a crazy score. I don't know where he was going with that one. You know, 29-28, I think that's fair. I think I think you can give Vargas the first two and give you the last round. It was a very good fight. And again, it's a fight which I don't think hurt Zoo. I think Zoo can take a lot from it. And I don't think we're gonna see him as inactive, you know, going forward. But yeah, it was it was interesting. It was fun, people. So something I'd missed was the fact that Tristan Connolly was dropping down to the featherweight division, right? I forgot that he made his debut at welterweight, 
which is insane. I mean, he definitely looked like the smaller guy, but Michael Pereira, Michel Pereira, even, he's a you know he's not a small welterweight. But yeah, Connolly he made his featherweight debut against the former CFFC champion Pat Sabinti, and um, you know we're thinking oh. How's this going to go? Now, Sabinti was our last of our debutants on the card. And, um, yo, he put on a great performance. Really did. Really did. At the start, you could see that Connolly, he's looking to utilize that jab. You know, pin Sabinti down. Um, but Sabinti got a takedown. Got a takedown, and I think he he realized, oh shit, I can do work, right? I can do work off the ground, you know. He, this I thought that Connolly might have the advantage on the ground, but I, you know, Sabini was very good. Got a body triangle, and then he's just hunting for that rear naked choke, right? Not able to get it, but. Man, he controlled, he controlled things So second round, you know, comes out Hits an uppercut, right Connolly, he's moving forward And Sabinti, oh man Perfectly timed, level change Hits a takedown Hits a takedown, right Connolly, you know, he, he's, he's trying to Extricate himself from the situation but Connolly, he, um, you know, showed some really good, really good transitions. You know what I mean? So he was in side control. He um, then transitions, takes the back. Oh, my God. It was such a, such a nice move, right? Had the back and then just con- controlled things. Controlled it. So you're like, ooh. I think he's too up. What's going to happen? Because, you know, from what we saw of Connolly in that Piera fight, you can't, you know, you, you can't doubt him, right? So, A, and it, it's a good thing because he came out in that third round. He's pushing forward and he's really going at Sabinti, right? Now, you you know he has to... He has to stop the fight, right? He, he can't just win. He's got to stop that fight. But he put on a very good display. Now, Sabinti, you know, he, he was still doing some great stuff, landed a very good combination. But Connolly was able to stop all of his takedown attempts. You know, he, he stopped the takedown offense and um, he, he got a takedown of his own. Right, and just was able to um, outwork Sabinti. I mean, mainly you could see Sabinti was tired. He was tired, but I I do think like the you know when Connolly took him down, he probably should have just tried to get it back up and land a big shot or a culmination of shots. Yo, know, but he. he yeah, he wasn't able to, and he needed a stoppage, 
So, Subinti is able to hold out. He gets the win. And a great debut. <laughs> Which is, um, yeah, is, is really good. Now, again, the um, <laughs> the judging on this one was a little weird. Was a little worried. So one judge gave it 29-28, and boom. No, two judges gave it 29-28, should I say. That was very fair. Because you gotta think Connolly won that third round. One judge up though, 30-27. And I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue how he gave Sabini that last round. I think even if you are Servini, he would be like, yeah, I lost that last round. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was a little baffling. It was a little baffling. But apart from that, it was good. It was a lot of fun. It was a good fight. And um, be interesting to see what, uh, you know, Pat Sabinti can do going forward, people. So our last decision of the night, last decision of the night, the second to last fight on the prelims, welterweight clash between Stefan Sekulik and Dwight Grant, and I feel it was probably, um, yeah, probably the most controversial fight on the card. I, I kind of feel that, yeah, that's the case, right? It, it was a strange fight. It was a strange fight. Now, both, I think, both were a little cautious, right? Both were a little cautious. And they're looking, you know, looking for that shot. Which... Yeah, no, I, I, I think both were coming in off of a loss, right? So, you can definitely understand, right? You can definitely understand no one wants to make that mistake, right? No one wants to make that mistake. So, yeah, they're, they're looking for the option moon moment, right? Looking for that moment. Still, uh, they were landing some good stuff, right? Secular, he, he was attacking the body. Like, Grant was attacking the legs. But uh, Secular, he gets a takedown at the end of the first round. So, second round, you know, Grant, he was doing a good job stuffing the takedown attempts at first. Right? Grant was... um. Yeah, you know, he's landing some very good counters. But Seculet gets a takedown. Gets a takedown. And um, he's kind of controlling things. In the third round, Grant, you know, he gets a takedown. Lands a lot of ground and pound. Right? So you're thinking, oh, that's big. So um, Seculet, he, he, get, he manages to get up. Lands some good kicks. Right? But Grant, you know, hits a nice right. You think that um, Secular stuns Grant, stuns Grant with a big, big with a big left, and you know throws on a guillotine that looked kind of tight, but 
Grant was able to survive. So you're looking at the fight. I don't know. I have to say, I was looking at the fight and I was thinking, although it was it was close, right? It wasn't a a walk off or anything like that. It was a close-ish type of fight. No one overly put a stamp on it. But I kind of thought that Secular had the bigger moments during this one. Yeah, he loses a split decision. Right? Secular loses a split decision. Which was... It was an odd... It was an odd, it was an odd situation, right, so, um, yeah, two judges gave it 29-28 to Grant, right, and, um, one judge gave it 29-28 to Secular, so, I do, yeah, I I feel that was the score, right, It, it was a close fight like that, but, I, yeah, Secular, he he gets a takedown at the end of one fight, one round, and a round that was, it was tight, right? It was a tight round, and then at the end of the third round, he stuns Grant, stuns Grant, and he's trying to submit him. I know, people. It it was uh, yeah, it was an odd call. It was an odd call, but hey. No, that's the way the cookie crumbles, man. That's the way the cookie crumbles. But yeah, as I said, just four decisions, and then the rest. Oh, oh, oh! The rest was all she wrote, baby. So the first fight on the night really just set the tone. It set the tone, and it was crazy. Just the way. Um, you know, the crowd all made the noise, just, you thought it was a packed arena, people, it was, it was insane, right, so, we had, um, Lang Nei making her debut, right, against Arena Kamalossi, who's had, you know, just one fight, one fight, but wasn't able to fight in 2020. So you're thinking, all right, this is gonna be an interesting one. And god damn, right? For a first fight on the night, this was so crazy. Like Karma Lossi came straight at Nah. And um now rocked her. Rocked her with a right. You know, you're like, oh shit. What is happening here? You know, and um yeah, now was really just putting her shots together well. And you could see, oh, she's got power. She has got power in those shots, man. God damn. So now was doing very well at range, but she was getting into a bit of a gunfight. Uh, which allowed Kamalesi to get inside, get some shots off, you know, and even without that, she was getting off some counters, right, was getting off some counters, which was interesting, but Na gets a takedown, and 
Right, she has Camalessi in a crucifix for a while, which you're just like, oh shit. Right, this could be over at any stage. And you could see Nah was pouring it on. Pouring it on. But we're getting towards the end of the round, and you can see, oh shit, Nah's tired. Right? Nah's tired. There's Camalessi. She's she's now you know, able to do some things, like she tried a triangle towards the end, right, Nar escaped, but then it finishes, the round ends with Karma Lossi, um, kind of like in a cradle position, landing some big shots, landing some, and we've only got a very short amount of time, Right, so you're thinking, all right, the referee's going to let it go up and, you know, because the bell is just about to come. But the amount of shots Carmelesi landed, you're like, fuck, she's really going for it. So it was weird because the buzzer went. Carmelesi gets up and that is still on the floor. Right, so her corner had to come, pick her up and bring her to, and you're thinking, that's not good, right, that's not good, right, the referee, I think he might stop it, is he seemed to be looking at her, but they allowed the fight to go on, allowed the fight to go on, and so we're into the second round, but Nah is, uh, she's definitely tired, though, right, she was still throwing some shots through a head kick, you know what I mean? So she she's still trying, and she gets a takedown, right? Gets a takedown, but so tired. Karma Lossi was just able to escape pretty easily. She takes the back. Nah escapes, but then um, you know Karma Lossi is still on top, and she's landing ground and pound. And the way she's landing it and just Nas' reaction because she has no energy to throw Karma Lossi off. Sort of ref calls it. And it makes sense. And, and it was interesting, right? Because crowd's back, which is awesome. But what I think you notice, and then we noticed it from a few other fighters. Right, main mainly the Chinese ones making their debuts is they seem to be so hyped for the moment, so hyped for the moment, which I get. Right, you've been killing it over in, you know, China. You you get on this big card. You know, the strawweight champion. She's Chinese too, so the showcase is. Big crowds are back, and yet yeah, they just got they seem to get pulled into the slipstream of the crowd, so they're going at a pace which is unsustainable. Now, I think on any other day, they probably could be fine, but it's that adrenaline dump, it's your debut, it's the adrenaline dump. I think it was a problem. I think it was a problem, people. But, uh, yeah. You know, 
It was, hey, whatever happened, it was a fun fight. It was a really fun fucking fight. You know what I mean? And that was just the beginning of our finishes. We had the welterweight, no, bantamweight, sorry, bantamweight clash between Kevin Nadividad and Dana Battergrill. This was a quick fight. It was very fast. Like, Nadividad, he, he was coming forward. Coming forward, a lot of aggression there. Battergrill, very good movement, right? Natividad comes in, Batagul just steps to the side and pow connects with a perfect left hook. Natividad goes down, Batagul follows up with some ground and pound. That's all she wrote, people, in under a minute. Man, Batagul just showed. What a bad motherfucker he is. You know what I mean? Just, woo. Definitely a storm. Definitely a storm, people. But, um, yeah, made a statement right there. So that was it before we get to the main card. So, um, yeah, let's touch on that separately. All right, when you looked at the card, right, the first two fights on the main card, you were just like, oh, shit, these are going to be good. These fights are going to be good. And what we got was two crazy situations back to back, which was just, I don't know, it, it was something weird, right? It was some just to have both back to back. Now the first fight between Anthony Smith and Jimmy Crute, we did get to see a round, but you know, it, it was so unfortunate. So I think the real interesting thing about the fight was Crute was landing some good stuff, right? He he was really hitting those leg kicks. Really hitting those leg kicks. And um I not a crazy amount, but he, he was getting off some. Now Anthony Smith, that jab, that jab was working so well for Smith. Oh my god. Couldn't miss, couldn't miss the jab, right? It was maybe his best weapon, maybe his best weapon. You know, it, it, it was it was crazy, but yeah. So we we had this, you know. So Smith is landing a great jab, you know. But as I said, look, Crew, he, he was landing, Crew was landing as well, you know. So. Things were building in a way, you know, it, it was definitely building in a way that was, it was getting interesting. Now, we get towards the end of the first round, right, and um, Smith, he lands a kick on, I think it's just below the knee, 
right? So it kind of just below the back of the knee, and Croup's leg just kind of goes, just seems to go from underneath him, and he, he falls over. What really was crazy was, so he, he literally falls to the ground. Smith comes in, Crew is able to kind of get himself up and then shoot forward and get a takedown, which is just like, oh, shit, right? That shows a lot, a lot that someone's able to do that when they probably are in a hell of a lot of pain. Right, so he gets a takedown, gets a takedown, and um, you know, is you know dropping some, dropping some shots, dropping some shots, doing his thing, keeping Smith on the ground. Right, so what's going to happen now? He he gets up, gingerly walks back to the corner, but you can see that angle is for for. Fucked. It's fucked. But you're not quite sure what it is, right? Is it similar to what happened to Henry Cejudo, to Michael Chandler, you know, to Sean O'Malley in the in the fight against Sucker Mouth, right? Is it that? What, what, what's happening? So he's in the corner and the referee is like, um, walk towards me. And he walks towards him. It's the walking backwards, right? It's, so, I think, walk, if it was just walked forward and stopped, he may have got to continue fighting. But he then went to step backwards towards the cage, and his ankle just gives up. He doesn't fall to the ground, but you just see the ankle turn. And turn in a way that you're like, ooh. Right, and I kind of feel... It might be more, right? It might be more. Because, I mean, we, we saw, like, O'Malley on his leg, right? You know, Cejudo on his, Chandler on his. And it, was, it wasn't good. But this seems to be something a little bit more, right? I don't know. It seemed if it was maybe... A ligament in the knee. I don't know, but it just did not look right. But yeah, fight got called. Fight got called off. And it, so Smith gets it. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder who actually won that fight. Because with the takedown and everything else. Now, obviously, as I said, look, Smith's landing a superb jab. Right, doing great work with the jet, but Kroot was landing shots as well, and then the takedown. So I'm just like, I, I wonder who actually won that first. So then, who do you technically? I mean, they. I mean, when I say who do they technically give the fight to, they gave it to Smith, obviously. But I'm like, wouldn't the person that won that round get the fight, or should it just be a no contest? I kind of feel a no contest. Is the way, but yeah, it, it gets called. You know, Smith gets it. Um, we then go to the the rematch, the rematch. Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall, eleven years in the making. 
Um, you know, it just seemed a little bit of juiciness coming into this fight. Who, who does a, who's a, who's weird, right? Who will be mad respectful, mad respectful, and you know, he, he talks kind of the philosophy and you know this mindset. You know, he's reading certain books, and he, you know, he it sounds calming and it sounds good. Then he says other things. Like, maybe he's like, oh, Chris Weidman ain't really from New York. And he was just stuff that's going to get, you know, people a little bit, hmm, I won't punch you in the face now. So <laughs> then was that leading into this fight, which even without, you knew, oh, this going to be a good one, right? Who wants to get back that loss? Weidman, he feels he's the perfect op- opposition to Izzy, so he, he wants to get a good performance in, so he can get that fight, and the first kick, literally, the first kick of the night is a repeat of Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman too. oh my gosh, right, and when you first see it, you think, oh, no, right? Because he kicks, he then goes to stand, and then his ankle just does a 180. And, oh, it looks so bad. Now, when you saw it from a different angle, oh, man, it's worse, right? Because you see the the, the ankle wrap around, right, on the kick, it wraps, but what's crazy, you're looking at Weidman's face, and there's, he doesn't know, he, it's like the pain hasn't hit him yet, because he, he throws the kick, he then goes to stand, and it's not until he puts the pressure on the leg, and the leg just turns, that you suddenly see the pain register in Weidman. Oh, it was bad. That was not good. Oh, man. And you think about how long it took Smith to come back. I don't know if Weidman's got those years. Right? I don't know if he's got those years. Now... It's not like he is crazy old or anything like that, but he's 36. 36. So if it takes maybe a couple of years, right? He's 38. So obviously we've we've moved on since when Anderson had it done. You know, stem cell therapy is something a lot bigger now. Right, so there's different techniques, different things. So maybe he can come back sooner. Maybe just a year. But even a year. It, it, it's, a, it's a long time when you're that age. You know what I mean? It's a long time. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man. It, it is just horrible. Horrible. I'm surprised, though. Again, it wasn't a no contest. 
surprised it wasn't a no contest because it got given to Hall. Um, yeah, but goddamn, hope Weidman. Oh, hope that surgery. You know, because what I think what we got told by the end of the broadcast was he's um, you know, stable and they're gonna do surgery on Sunday. So fingers crossed, all of that went well. So there was actually two submissions on the card, people. Two submissions, not just TKOs, right? And um, it all started with the middleweight clash between Carl Robeson and Brendan Allen. And so, um, you know, Robeson, he retired. Retired after the, um, the, the uh, Vittori fight. But then he decided to come back. Now, COVID got in the way, so his fights didn't happen at the end of last year. But you're like, okay, let's see what Robeson can do. Because Robeson is definitely talented. It just went a little awry for him, you know? So, he looked, he looked in very good shape, right? I think... Might have been the best shape he's looked, you know, in, in his UFC career. So, everything looked good. And I have to say, on the feet, Robeson wasn't bad. He, he was sharp. He was sharp. Now, what we did see was some of the things that had been an issue and was sti- clearly still an issue. Like, he got taken down. So easily by Alan, so easily, and you were, you know, it was one of those situations that you thought, I, I feel he's he's probably been working on that, right? Been working on that takedown defense because the way you know Vittori was able to handle him and all of that, you know, and I think what we saw, he has been working a bit because. He locked down Alan. Locked down Alan. He made it that Alan wasn't able just to cut through him like butter on the ground. So that was something. I mean, maybe work on not getting taken down. But at least you could see some gains in there. And what what was interesting, right? So he's kind of shutting Alan down. And he then goes on a deep leg, grabs the leg, and you're like, oh, shit. He's going to use a leg lock attempt to get up, which, smart, smart. A load of people utilise that. He didn't, though, right? He didn't. He stayed. He stayed on the bottom, stayed on the ground. When you're like, now, because there was definitely a moment where he could have got up, but he stayed, and the problem with leg locks, you give your leg up as well, right? You give your leg to the opponent. So, yeah, you might have one, but they've got the opportunity to do the same to you. So we get a little leg entanglement, people. And this was a lot clearer than Chader and Will Trust. 
Because Alan grabs it. Now, he doesn't fully have it. Doesn't fully have it. But what you do see, he's got the knee, right? Because Roberson, when he grabbed the leg, right? He grabbed the leg. He doesn't have the knee. Doesn't have control of the knee. So you're not, you're not getting anything. You can scare someone. Right at the start, when you first grab it, you can give some. Oh shit, they're going for my leg! Right, boom, you're up. But when they think about it, it'd be like, I ain't got my knee. Okay, so Alan probably knows he's not in danger. He then is able to readjust, sit back, and it's night night. I mean, it's not night night, it doesn't knock him out, but uh, it's it's. Night night because it's over, right? It's over, right? Once he sits back, he's got the knee, so he can now just put that pressure on. And Roberson has to tap, has to tap. It's like, don't fuck around with leg locks. Yo, it's something that you always hear. Chims won't often if it's a good chim. You can't fuck around with leg locks until you're like, I know, purple, I think, in a lot of places. Some brown, which makes sense. Because you need to be able to, you know, be in control of all your skills. Because you fuck with a leg lock and you don't know, you, you're ripping shit. You keep that on too long, you're ripping shit. Because it feels like nothing until it feels like something. Right? There's this split moment of... (gasps) Oh, shit! And if someone doesn't let go quick enough, your leg is fucked. Right? So... You can't attempt them if you don't understand them. Because it's just, it's not going to work. Because when you get into that moment where you both have it, because you both will have it, if they're better than you, they will, they're going to get the tap, right? They will know how to contort, how to turn, how to control and... That that's essentially what we saw. So very good win for Brendan Allen. He gets a bounce back, and I don't know what this means for Roberson. Like as I said, he looked good on the feet, but it was just got taken down way too easy. And then, oh man, instead of standing, he decides to play with legs. <laughs> right, so that was our first, and our second and last was on the main fight of the prelims. The fight that led in to the pay-per-view, right? The fight that, yeah, for all, oh, this is going to be good. And then at the weigh-ins, there was a little spicy spice between the two. And I'm talking Alex Oliveira and Randy Brown. The cowboy against the rude boy. Right? People. Yo, I was jazzed about this fight. And it was something. 
right? This shit was something, trust me. The fight started really well, right? So Brown is utilizing his reach, utilizing his reach to keep range, you know? He's um, just, oh man, you finally see him using his weapons well. So Oliveira, he's attacking the leg. Attacking the leg, right, Brown hits a great front kick, yeah, great front kick, Cowboy, he, he he's really trying to take away the legs, which it, it makes sense, right, makes sense, now, Cowboy, um, Brown hits a great counter right, hate counter right as Cowboy tries to kick, which, ooh, you know, give someone pause, right, Give someone pause, but they're moving really well. You know, Brown, he steps in with a hurtful right overhook, right? Puts Oliveira down, puts him down, gets on top. He's landing ground and pound. Oliveira, you know, he's trying to get into a better position, trying to execute himself from the situation of taking shots, and as he's doing it, ah, so slickly, Brown, he, um, takes the back, takes the back, and he's holding, you know, Oliveira's arms, and with one arm, he's looking for a rear naked, now, we see it a lot, right, so you're controlling an arm, trying to get your other arm underneath, then you release the arm and bring the other hand up for the grip on the rear naked, that's not what happens here, right, Brown, he's got the one arm around Oliveira's neck, and then you can see him kind of turning his body, in a way that he's allowed to turn his head and kind of use that as the other arm, right? He's using it as the other arm and a way to apply that pressure. And people, it worked. It worked because Oliveira has to tap. Oliveira has to tap. A one-armed guillotine. Sorry, a one-armed rear naked choke. Um, Now, we haven't seen a lot, right? I think the team was saying, oh, it's the... Now, it wasn't the first. Because, yeah. We saw Rockhold use one. And there's been a, a, a couple more. But we don't see a lot of them. Because it's so hard to pull off. But that... Oh my god, that was a slick-ass performance from Randy Brown, people. Trust. That was a slick-ass performance. And um, it was a great fight to lead us into the main card. And then we had the title fights, right? Three belts on the line. The ladies' flyweight, strawweight, and the welterweight belts. How is this going to go? Like, all the champions have done great stuff. So you're just thinking, two 
take away these titles, something big is going to have to happen. So we start off with the flyweight belt. We had Jessica Andrade, her third weight class, right? At her third weight class, challenging once again for a title. But she's challenging Valentina Shevchenko, the bullet. Who has been, I mean, so dominant. So dominant. No one's looked like they can beat her. So what's going to happen? Now, I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, Jennifer Meyer took her down. Oh, that, that's the way to beat her. And what I never understood about that kind of line of thought was, we've seen so many people try and take her down. I mean, she could do a fig on the ground, right? Remember, she submitted Juliana Pena, who everyone thought, if that hits the ground, oh, Pena's going to have a clear advantage, right? Shevchenko trains everything. She doesn't be like, oh, I'm I'm working my boxing, or I'm doing... No, she trains everything. She travels the world acquiring martial arts, Right, that's what her and her sister do for fun. You know, so... Man, what we saw was just a dominant display. A dominant display on the feet. She's landing great shots. Landing great shots. We've seen her just typical composure. And just the way she defends. You know, she she's not flashy. But she's very, uh, I don't know, people, right? She she keeps everything together, and it's just slight movements, a lot of slight movements to step out the way, to move into a new distance range. No, that's what she does. And what she also did was hit, some perfect takedowns. Now, she does love a body lock takedown. And she hit that so well. And Drudge was trying to get up. You know, gets up. Shevchenko hits a trip takedown. Like, everything was executed so well. So, it was so impressive. So impressive. You know, that's what she was doing. So, in that first round, controlled it. Takes the back and ends it looking for a rear naked, <laughs> looking to choke her out. So we go into the second round, and you're thinking, Oh man, Andrade needs something big, she needs to shake up the dynamic of the fight, right? But Shevchenko ain't letting her, jabbing her, gets in, gets a takedown, right? Now. Andrade, she, she attempts to get up, Shevchenko takes her down again, and this time she traps her in a crucifix, I mean, all the places you do not, you do not want to be when you've got Shevchenko on top of you, in a crucifix, and her just landing elbows and shots, oh, it was mean. It was so fucking mean. And yeah, and still, people, and still, 
and she looked so just calm and composed afterwards. You know, and it was just like, meh, you know, just had a quick stroll, now I'm good. You're like, god damn, <laughs> god damn, Shevchenko. So, uh, yeah, from there, I was at, that didn't go long at all. We went to the Lady Strawweight fight, which was even shorter. Even shorter as a fight. I mean, god damn. So, Whaley putting her uh, her belt on the line for a second time. And after such an insane fight, man, you just like, oh, how, how is this one going to go? Now, I forget who it was. Right? I, I want to say it was maybe Kenny Florian on the Anik and Florian podcast. I, I want to say it was, yeah, maybe Ken Flo. Um, uh, I, or I'm not quite sure. Or maybe it was Wonder Boy talking with um, Norton and Sarah on Unfiltered. But. Someone said, right, for for Rose to win, because, look, it was clear Rose has the skills, but, you know, you're thinking, all right, I don't think it's she wins just a normal fist fight. Don't think she just wins a normal fist fight, because we saw the pressure Andrade put her under. But Rose is the person that can pull off flying armbars and other crazies, right? So if she does something big, right, if she's able to do something big, then that, that's the difference maker here, right? That can get her to fight. So, um, yeah, I think that's what we get, right? Now let's start off. Like uh, Zhang, you know... Hit some leg kicks, which is smart. Take away her base. You know, Rose is, is putting out that jab. Right? But they're both looking for the... They're looking for an opening. Neither are rushing here. And then out of nowhere, there were no tells. Right? No tells. You know, from the body language, you could be... Oh, she's winding up. Oh, yeah, clearly she's... No. There was nothing, right? Off her front leg. Off her front leg, Rose hits a head kick. Hits a perfectly timed head kick through the guard. Boom. Whaley is down. Whaley is down and all types have gone. Rose hits her with a few more shots. And it is over. And the place erupts. Oh my god. The place erupts people. Everyone is psyched. Everyone's going crazy. It's just. Oh it was something else man. It really was something else. It was huge. You know what I mean? It was. Oh crazy. Crazy. Now. They interviewed Whaley afterwards, and I, I listen. I get it because Rogan was the one that said it. Right, it doesn't want to imp- interview any 
um, anyone who's been knocked out, but I kind of feel in that situation, you kind of gotta, right, I, I think if Zhang had been all over the place, they wouldn't, but she, she was up, and she seemed like she she needed to talk, and you think she's representing her country up in there, right now. Like these things, they're not you know all oh, this country against this country and all of that. But she's the first Chinese champion. You know they they put three other Chinese fighters on the card because she's defending the belt. Right, it was a big thing, so you know, all her friends and people's at home are watching. So yeah, it, I think it's that situation where you gotta let us try and address, you know, at least say something to her peoples, right? But you can see that they cut it kind of short because I think she still was a bit like, ah, oh, I was fine, I was fine, and she wasn't fine. Like she she was definitely out from the kick, right? And the shots just you know, cherry on top. Cherry on top. No shame though, because that kick, yo, that kick there's certain things that you look at and you go, Well that's gonna fuck anyone up. And that kick is one of those things, people. It was just so well timed and as I said, no tells at all. Nothing. So, uh, yeah, what next for Nama Nunes? Yeah, who does she challenge? Do we get, um, you know, Rose Joanna free? I wouldn't be mad at it. Gotta say that. Wouldn't be mad at it. But we got people like Mackenzie Dern, you know what I mean? On the cusp. So, ooh. It's definitely an interesting situation. And I'm all about it, people. But we are now at the main event of the evening. It's the rematch. Ooh, it's the rematch. Right? Took the first fight took place in July last year. Fight Island. You know, the talk. The, the late replacement, all of that. But, you know, people been talking. Well, when we say people, Master have been talking. Like Usman, he just had the leg, those foot stomps. Right? He couldn't finish me. I broke his nose. When all accounts, Usman's nose was broken leading into the fight. Right? And he took the fight on short notice too. You gotta respect that. As a champion taking a short notice fight, you do not see that often. So the stage is set, and after what Usman did to Burns, you're like, oh, how's this gonna go? But then also the thought was if Burns could rock Usman, and Burns, although, hearing, he, he's using his hands a lot more. He's found that he's got that knockout power. He's still not the best striker. So, if he can hurt Usman, what's someone like Mazadal going to be able to do who has vastly superior striking, right? 
What's going to happen? And that's why these shit things are fun. Because, hey, the questions, right? The possibilities. But, yeah, that's what we had. Kamara Usman, Jorge Masavel. Oh, what happens? Well, people, I tell you, we get an incredible fight. An incredible fight. Oh, my God. Usman, he's hitting the jab, right? He, his hands are looking sharp. Now, Masvidal, he's doing a sensible thing. He's taking, um, he, he, he's taking those legs, right? He's hitting leg kicks. Makes sense. So take the legs. You minimize the power, right? Because there's no base to load up on a shot. Also, it makes takedowns harder. Right, it, it makes shooting, changing levels harder when your legs are fucked. Right, so it's a good game plan. But Usman is doing extremely well, extremely well. Right, and he ends the first round with a body lock and a takedown. Body lock, takedown, landing shots. Now, Masvidal was busy off the ground, throwing those up elbows and whatnot. You know what I mean? Hitting the head. But Usman just controlling it. Controlling it. So, second round, right? Usman again, he, he's working a jab. Masvidal is hitting those leg kicks. Now, Masvidal throws a big right but misses. Usman counters. Hits a nice counter hook. And um, then he throws a jab. Right, throws a jab, and you just see Masavol, right, shake his head and grin, right, be like, no, no, you're not gonna get me with those pillow hands. So, Masavol, it's not like he doesn't, he's not using his guard, but it's one of those when he's comfortable. Right, he, he's not got a high guard. He's just flowing with those moments. Right, so his hands are in, you know, he's in that flow. He, he feels comfortable and he doesn't think that Usman can, you know, do anything. So his arms are down. He, he you know, he, he, yeah, shakes his head. He smiles like, man, you ain't doing shit. What, what the fuck are we doing here? And Usman bursts forward with a right cross. The yo, this punch. It, it it was just oh my god! It was something else, right? You and the speed, like a motherfucking cobra, son. Like a cheetah in the desert, he hits that right. Which just straight through the defense. Masvidal goes down. You just see the head. You know, when the head turned. He just bodies him. Bodies him. Masvidal just goes down like. Ugh. Now, he... It's a TKO right there, right? It's a knockout right there. Ref doesn't call it straight away. So, 
Usman jumps on and he's not out, not completely out anyway. Usman hits three, maybe four hammer fists. Now he's out. Now the body is just a limp. Oh my god. And still, Kamara Usman just silenced everyone. Silenced everyone, people. There is nothing anyone can say. This was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Oh my god. Man, and he gets his dad in the ring. Ah, like it, it was just such a great moment. Such a great moment to see him see him in there getting interviewed with his family. Man, this was huge and such a way to end it, right? All our title fights were finishes. I mean, Valentina just dominant. Rose. Huge kick from nowhere. And then Usman turns out the lights. Great way to finish this card. And it lived up to everything. Even with the two crazy, you know, leg moments. This is still a phenomenal card, people. Still a phenomenal card. Oh, man. I cannot wait for what is next. So after everything that's already gone down this weekend, we end it today with Submission Underground 22. And A, it's always fun to have a little jujitsu as um a little close to a weekend, right? And Chael never disappoints. So everything started off. There was a few fights on here that you know, I'd completely missed, right, I didn't know Nicholas Maximoff was uh, fighting on the card, and it's kind of funny, right, we, we learned that Nick Diaz was at UFC 261, talking to Dana after the event, right, so, um, you know, the 209 is going to be in effect real soon, Nate, is fighting Leon Edwards, so yeah, it's good. it was good to see the protege Maximoff on um, this card opening it up against Joaquin Holmes, and um, Holmes, he sat down, you know, um, Maximoff, he's looking for some openings, he manages to get hold of an arm, and he's going for that Kimura, you know, we've seen a few people operate. Now, the tricky thing with that is you got to get control of the body. Not everyone does, but Maximoff, ooh, Maximoff is, uh, he's a problem, people, right? So, um, you know what I mean? Holmes, he's fighting it, but Maximoff, he, he gets the arm. And he, he transitions from the Kimura into what you think think is gonna be the Kimura, but he then decides, you know what, I'm gonna take the back, so he takes the back, and pa-pa-pow, sinks in a rear naked choke, boom, Holmes, there's nothing he can do, he has to tap, 
So, yeah, great win for uh, Maximoff right there. So, next up, we have uh, Lee Flores against Elijah Colton. And, um, you know, another regular time finish right here. As, um, yeah, Colton, he decides to sit, right? And as Flores comes in, Colton, he wraps up a triangle real quick. And it was a bit weird. It was a bit weird because then all of a sudden they stop, right? And you think, oh, did we get a tap? But then it's just like, no, the ref ain't said anything. But you kind of must assume that, you know, Colton thought that Flores had tapped. They seemed to have a conversation. So then it was maybe Flores was like, no, I didn't tap. Um, But then I don't know what they agreed, right? I don't know if they agreed to restart in that position. Because, you know, Colton, he stays on the ground. And, um, yeah, Flores, he um, he goes back, right? He goes back into the guard and pow, just like that, Colton wraps up another triangle. This time, there is no, there's no wondering because we get a tap. Man, so Elijah Colton, he did look slick. Definitely looked slick. So, from there, people, we get a game match. The thing about the Gi fights is what you assume in the no-gi, the regular fighting, you can't with a Gi. Because what looks like an innocuous position, sometimes it's a chokehold, right? It you have to be real careful on the grips really keep an eye on what's happening with the hands because if they've got hold of a collar or just any part of the clothing they might be choking someone out right in front of your eyes and you not know right so uh yeah now you know but we oh i didn't say who it was did i <laughs> it, it was one Bernardo against Don Stoner, right? So Bernardo, he um, yeah, he he, he comes in on on Stoner, right? They and they're fighting the grip. There's a lot of grip fighting to um start off with. Stoner, he decides to sit and he he's looking for a leg. Can't get it. Bernardo, he then decides to sit and he's looking for the leg, right? So it's a bit kind of back and forth in that regard. Stoner, he um he goes in, gets a good grip on Bernardo, but Bernardo blocks him making any sort of movement towards a sub. Right, Sona gets on top, he's trying to choke, Bernardo, real good defence, blocks at every single turn, so we go into overtime, a first fight into overtime, and um, yeah, it's all backs, every, it, both of them took the back, right, 
And it came down to um, escape time in the end, which Stoner was able to win. Alright, so um, from there, we go to uh, Zack Schneider against Andrew Alexander. And, oh my god, this fight was bananas. This fight was insane. Although... There was a lot of confusion about it, right? Because Alexander was in the red corner, but Schneider had red on his uh, on his rash guard. So you're just like, wait, which? Who is who? Ah, I I really I really want them to sort this shit out because god damn it can get confusing. But anyway, Schneider, but Schneider comes out and sits, right? Um. But he he then you know he decided to get up right he, he was just a bit like you know what nah fuck it and so they're going back and forth he then jumps into guard on Alexander Alexander he stays standing um and he lowers Schneider Schneider though he. As soon as he touches the floor, he kind of spins, right? Spins, and he's got um, Alexander's back. Got his back. Sinks in a, a, a body triangle, and he's attacking for a rear naked choke. Oh, man. So they go to the ground, and from that, he transitions into a full mount. Ah, uh, it's just, oh, you're, you're just watching this slick transition, and it is great. Alexander, he, um, he uses the fish on, on land approach, and he does escape. He manages to escape, right? And just like that, Alexander gets a triangle, Right, Snyder, he, he's defending it. He he rolls, but unfortunately, right, for well, unfortunately for Schneider, Alexander is able to get on top, extend the arm, as well, just really narrowing Schneider's options, and Schneider had to tap. Had to tap, but it was from the choke rather than the arm bar that he tapped from. But it was such a 180 and such a you know, a flash. There's hey, it looked like Schneider had this uh, just like that. Boom, it was Alexander. Fun ass fight, fun ass fight. I would love to see that one go again or just. You know, hope Schneider's back because, boy, fun, a lot of fun. I don't know, maybe, um, hmm, maybe Schneider v Krenlinson. That would be good. I think that would be a fun fight in the future. But yes, uh, so we then go to our last fight on the undercard. It's Alex Lamy against Adam Smith. Which, uh, yeah. So, Lamy, he comes out, he sits, right? Smith, 
he he jumps right he jumps into um trying to pass the guard right a little kind of cartwheel action lamy though he's um yeah, he, he, you know, he's very creative and he understands what's going on. He's able to uh, to attack with an arm bar uh, and he uses it to reverse to position, gets mount, right? Tries for a reverse rear naked choke, but... um. Smith, he's, uh, you know, he's pretty savvy to the whole situation, and he survives that, gets back on top, and uses the cage to, uh, to kind of trap Lamy, and stop Lamy from being able to utilize his weapons, though um, Lamy is able to, you know, Try and grab an arm bar, which Smith blocks. So we then go to extra time. Right? So uh, Lamy, he takes the back, but Smith, boom, he is out of that super fast. So Smith, though, he's like, I'm coming straight for you. He goes spiderweb. And the, oh, the just the instantaneous separation that he gets it's like pow gets that tap and it is over so yeah that was the undercard and boy people it was fun so the main card starts with phil Rowe against gabriel checo and uh, this was an interesting fight, right? So Checo, he's the bigger dude, but Roe. Now Chael said that um, you know Roe flew straight from UFC 261, so no sleep. And for someone with no sleep, Roe put on a good performance. Now I I do have a feeling about all of this because it's something that you do notice. UFC or Bellator fighters, there's a, I don't know, I would say a a limit to what chances they're going to take. And I I think because if you're an active fighter, right, a promotion doesn't technically have to let you compete in stuff like this. So... If you're going to do it, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to have an accident like Cub Swanson did in Quintet. Now, that was no one's fault. That just happened. But I I, I, do, I do notice that where sometimes people will, you know, try and turn out of an arm bar or stuff like that. As soon as certain holds go on, they tap. But it makes sense, right? Because if you're scheduled to be fighting on a big card, you don't want to have to pull out because, you know, you ripped your ligaments in a, you know, jujitsu competition, right? But, um, yeah, this one, it was a fun fight. It was a real fun fight. 
Um, but you did find in the overtime, yeah, Rowe, he, he, he taps to an armbar. But you kind of thought, because after seeing, you know, the, the way he can contort himself, you thought he might have tried to turn. But, um, yeah, I kind of figure it is a precaution. Hmm. But it was fun, right? I wouldn't mind seeing Roe try his hand at this again. So from there we go to um, Liz Tracy against Gillian Robeson. And this was a fun fight. It was a fun fight, but I think what we've, we've seen of Robeson is when she's against a bigger fighter... Right, they, I think the size does seem to impact her ability to um, do certain things when it comes to the grappling. And Tracy is a big, right, she's definitely a big flyweight. Although I know she's dropping down the straw weight for her next fight. But yeah, she ain't small. And, um, you know. It, it, it was one of those things, but we had some fun shit. Tracy did try a flying armbar, you know what I mean, towards the end of the fight, which was like, whoa. I mean, it, it wasn't as close as some that we've seen, but hey, still a fun little attempt. Uh, Robeson, you know, she had a good moments, right? She had her moments in this fight, but it went to um, overtime. And, um, yeah, you know, Tracy, she uh, escaped Robeson's back attack. She went for the spider web and, you know, she, um, she did a very good job at slowing it down, utilizing, you know, her um, grip on the leg to then get the separation and get a tap. So good showing. And it means Tracy's going to be back next month. And the winner of that will fight um, Amanda Lewin. Which, uh, that'll be fun, right? Oh, yeah, a lot of fun. So, one of the fights I was really looking forward to. We had Ben Eagley against Kyle Chambers. And, um, god damn. <laughs> I mean, god damn. So, Eagley, he pulls Chambers down. Chambers rolls. He rolls, grabs, um, yeah, grabs the, uh, grabs the leg, reverses. And then, you know, they're, they're fighting, um... Each other on the grip for a moment, and Chum Chambers, you know, he then just gets that separation, and it doesn't even need the full extension. And Ego has to tap. It was, why it was just so fucking slick, so slick. And we did get a nice little announcement about Chambers at the end. One interesting thing, though, um, yeah, Eagle has retired 
from grappling competitions. So he's going to just solely concentrate now on uh, MMA. Which, um, yeah, I kind of get, right? Because, you know, there's just, um, it's just more money in it, right? There's just more money in it. So, yeah, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you if you get that opportunity, you're gonna... Yeah, you're gonna take, you know, that, those paychecks in MMA over, um, you know, grappling competitions. Because you can make money, but, you know, he, he's 33, so it's about pulling in some bigger bucks before it's the end. And also... Yeah, I think once he retires from MMA, he can go back to grappling. You know, grappling is, yeah, it's one of those things that you can kind of keep in for a little while. But uh, we got the um, tag team fight, right? It was a tag team fight, which uh, this one was interesting. So it was... Team, um, well, American top team, right? The Simones, Ricky, and John, and they went against, um, Team Sunshine, so Chris Leone and Owen Papworth, and this was, it was weird. It was really weird. Now Chell is giving us a backstory. Which kind of, yeah, helps you understand what the craziness was. But, damn. Now, one thing, right? And we saw in their, you know, championship winning fight. Simone's, their tag team, um, yeah, they're just in sync, right? The way they utilise the rules and everything like that. Real good. Real smart. But. They smothered Papworth. They managed to. Because it started off. And you know. It was pretty back and forth. But then. You know. Patworth. He, he kind of ended up towards their corner. And once he was there. They were just able just to. You know. Tag in and out and just keep him occupied. But they spent the time kind of smothering him and didn't really go for a submission, which was it was odd. And the one time it was um gosh, I, I think you had Ricky with a rear naked choke on Papworth. But John tagged himself in, right? And you're just like, you you might have got a tap there, right? You might have got a tap, but yeah, John tapped in, so Ricky had to uh, let go. Now, there was a few times they kept hold on a little bit. You know what I mean? Trying to play them rules a little bit, but uh, yeah, it uh, it went to um, it went to overtime. And again, it's it's pretty um, it's 
pretty back and forth. So Len Cohen came in, and yeah, it's, it's going back and forth, right? Now, John was there to try and showcase John's skills, and he was escaping pretty well from the holds. And I feel that he had the ride time. He had the ride time. But we get into the third innings, right? Get into the third innings. And um, Lincoln was able to wrap up a rear naked. And he had the arm across the chin and squeezed. He was just squeezing. So it was more of a, um, a crank than a choke. But Simone, he had to tap. Now, as some of that also may have been, um, you know, the fact of fatigue. Because remember, Lincoln, he was hardly in the regular t- time component of the fight. So, yes, yeah, Simone tapped after 39 seconds. Which means he still had, you know, his opportunity to sub sunshine. But he's only got 39 seconds to do it. And, uh, yeah, he went for a spider web, which, you know, smart. But wasn't able to get it done. So we have new champions. We have new champions in Team Sunshine, Chris Lincoln and Owen Papworth. I don't think the bad blood is done, though. Don't think it's done. But it takes us to our main event, people. We've got Andy Varala against Mason Fowler. Boom, boom, boom. What is going to happen? So, real interesting, right? Varala. Andy has looked good in the last few events. Now... I don't even know what it is because I thought Varala was big, but against Mason, he, no, he's not big at all. <laughs> it's a weird one when you 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 kind of think, oh yeah, that's a they're pretty big, and then you put them up against somebody, and you're like, no, they're not. It's just the other people were kind of small, right? So um, you know, there were there was no size advantage or anything like that. And, um, yeah, Fowler, some very good f- scrambling. Now, Varala was able, though, to utilise the fence for a while. Try to utilise the fence to stifle Fowler's attacks. But, you know, Fowler, you know, he, he's no slouch, right? Where you might think, oh, he's only good at doing one thing. No, 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 no. He showed dexterity in this fight. He showed the ability to, um, yeah, I think maneuver out of certain positions and predicaments to then make things a little bit more favorable. You know, utilize his rubber guard a lot. You know, um, got some reversals and all of that. It was fun. It was a, a, a fun regular time component of this one. And it went to overtime. Now, Varala, he took the back. But Fowler, oh, 
yeah, pretty, uh, a pretty quick, you know, um, escape, right, pretty quick escape, which then, uh, you know, had Fowler take the back, and, man, he got under the chin real quick, and that was a wrap, it was 18 seconds, 18 seconds was all he needed, and still, but, we're getting Mason Fowler against Kyle Chambers in the main event of Submission Underground 23, and people, yo, I am all about that one, so I think that one will take place, I think it's the 23rd of May, I believe that's the day. 23rd of May, and yeah, cannot wait, cannot wait, so yeah, people, we will see you then, okay, people, so that is it for another episode, um, now, there's no fights, <laughs> you know, there's no fight announcements, but after everything we have seen, that's fine, people, that's fine, now, the, um, the bonuses, right, so fight of the night goes to Jeff Molina and Ori Lang, which, hey, that was a fun fight, so I'm down with that, then Rose Namanunes and Kamara Usman get performance of the night bonuses for um yeah their title fight and you know of course right there were other outstanding performances people you know what I mean Dana Battergrill oh man that was a superb a superb hook to end that fight, right? Randy Brown, you know I mean, that rear naked Valentina Shibchenko. I am sure they're getting checks, so you know, what I mean, it is all good, I would say. Now, it was a bad night for China, right? It was not a good night for China. My thinking may be, well, firstly, right, you definitely saw how uh, how the crowd seemed to really G up some of the fighters. Man, like, people were super hyped. But I kind of feel, right, with um, the Chinese fighters, they're in the Institute, right? It's... This seems to be there's some ranking system and everything like that, right? So when you're deep into that and you're you're scoring high, you're winning, I think it could be easy to believe I'm unstoppable, right? Because also these the a lot of these fighters hadn't been beaten in a few years, right? So it's hard to then, you know. Look and see the weaknesses See the cracks in the system So, I, you know what I mean I, I think this wasn't a bad situation They they lost But it's, They're all very early in their careers 
right all very early and i think you know next time out we're gonna see something else because they all showed the potential they have so i'm looking forward to the next fights but people that's us we are done and we will be, be back on Wednesday to break down UFC on ESPN 23. Reyes B. Pacurio, or Pacur, however you pronounce my man's name. But uh, yeah, we will be breaking that one down, people. So until then, Papoose. Shorty, what you want? I got what you need. Hey, shorty, what you want? I got what you need. I'm all the way out.